Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Today I want to talk to you about the power of refreshment. The power of refreshment. And I'm not talking about like um, a nice little snack or a light snack or a light drink, but I'm talking about the state of being refreshed. The reword that we're going to use today is the power of refreshment. And what that means, it's, it's to give new strength. It's to give new energy. It's to be reinvigorated. Words that are synonymous with this are words like revive, restore, replenish, and renew. And I thank God that he gave this message for us today on this Father's Day. Because at the last minute, Pastor George asked me to go preach this at Ignite. And I was like, I don't think that this is a Father's Day message, but I know that God has given me this message. And he says, can you come and share that message with our church? And let me tell you, by the grace of God, we shared this at Ignite Church this morning, which is kind of like our sister church. And the presence of God moved there so powerfully because he was able to refresh the fathers and all those who attended there. And this, this idea of refreshing is seen all through the Bible. Psalms 23 says, He, God, leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Psalm 68, the teachings of the Lord are perfect and refreshing the soul. Jeremiah 31, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, When I bring them back from captivity, I will refresh the weary. And what I think is a perfect example of what it means to be refreshed, listen to me, look at me, What it means to be refreshed, it's found in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And look what it says. It says, now may God, the the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And it says, and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. Look at that word, Holy Spirit. That word spirit is literally, look at me, it's literally this word in the Hebrew is ruach or ruach. In the Greek is this word pneuma. But the word picture that you get is this wind breath, this violent exhalation, this blast of breath. In the Greek, it's a current of air. It's a blast of breath. It's a strong breeze. And the idea there is this, literally this. This is the word picture that you get when you see this word. Is this. Like that's the best word that we have to explain it in English. In English, it's like spirit. And so we translate it ghost and, but it's in spirit. But in fact, it's this. It's the, it's the holy I don't know about you, but I need some of that energy. You know what I'm saying? And so, so this message in particular, if this message right that you're listening to right now, if you've never been in a place where you needed to be refreshed, where you ever felt dull, if you've never been in a place where you felt worry, where you were emo- emotionally and mentally fatigued, then this message is not for you. But if you've, and you might need to be at Kuhau Kids right now. But if this, if you've ever felt fatigued, if you ever felt emotionally drained, if you ever felt a little dull and numb, I came to tell somebody today that the Ruhak, the Numa, the of God is going to fill you and refresh you in this place today. 
The Holy Spirit is a refresher. And that's the one that we're going to speak about today. It's this, the power of refreshment. Can you bow your heads with me and pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments that we have together. We pray that your Holy Spirit right now, Lord God, begin to refresh our soul. It is only your Holy Spirit that can satisfy us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If we could put 30 minutes on the clock because it says 45, and I will preach 55, it says 45. Um, I, I love telling the story. John, can you come up here real quick? John, uh, I love telling the story. Everybody love John? John is the second best looking guy in this church. Come on, somebody. And he's looking younger and younger. Look at Maylene. I don't know what happened to the mic. Look at Maylene. Maylene got excited. And um, uh, if you me and John have known each other for about 15 years. And so John doesn't like playing by hands. But if you know your pastor, I like it to play with the hands. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I like it to play with the hands. And one day I caught John in the corner kitchen of my house. And, and I had to lump him up. Only because I'm trying to get him to engage. But he never wants to engage with me. He never wants to fight with me. So one day I caught him nice and clean in the kitchen. Bah, 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 bah. Double combos. He collapses to the floor. He says, I tap out. Stop it. Like, that's right. I feel like a man now. About three months later, I am an innocent bystander. And I'm opening up my car door. And I put my hand on the top of my car door. And all of a sudden, my knees collapse. I see black and I can't breathe. Because this demon-possessed man... This, John, for whatever reason, cocked back and gave me a shot to the ribs that sent me to the floor and I couldn't breathe. And I got up, I can't breathe. And I looked at him and I saw the fear of God in that man's eyes. He said, oh my God. He literally put his hands up. He said, oh my God. Poor Maylene. Maylene, I saw the widow come out of her. Like she was just, she was like, kids, come on, dad's gone. John said, I'm sorry, but he was a man. So he was like, you know what, Pastor Roe? He's like, you could cut, cut the music. But he's like, you know what, Pastor Roe? He's like, Pastor Roe, you, um, this is what men do. I'm just saying, like, this is what men do. He's like, Pastor Roe, don't worry about it. You could get your shot back. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Come on, fellas. You know exactly what, that's right. That's a man of honor right there. So one day, about three months late maybe three weeks or three months later something like that right he's like he's like he comes to me during right before service is about to start and what did he do he brought me a cup of coffee and he said here you go my pastor and I say thank you my son I drank my coffee I put it down I said John he says yes sir I said today's the day <laughs> he goes what right now he goes the countdown is up and I said, John, anytime, any place, anywhere. John goes like this. I promise you not. I kid you not. What did you do, John? He went. That boy put his hands upon the wall. I cocked back and I gave him the rip shot of the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? Mine was anointed. His was demon possessed. But listen. I give him a rip shot. John lands to the floor. And he's like, get my pump. I can't breathe. And all of a sudden, my life flashed before my eyes because I forgot that John had asthma. <laughs> John, I'm so sorry, John. He's like, I can't breathe. 
I saw the headlines. The headlines, pastor kills his church member right before preaching. Like I, I saw them. I promise you, I saw them. And thank God John recovered. Thank you, John. Give it up for John. But can I tell you something? During that time that John was on the floor, collapsed, couldn't breathe. Can I tell you something? John was in what I call survival mode. You know, like he can't, he can't breathe. He can't. I'm just trying to get my, my, my next breath. Like, you know what he wasn't thinking about? He wasn't thinking about, I wonder how many pounds I need to lose before I uh, uh, enjoy this summer. He, you know what he wasn't thinking about? I wonder how my parenting is doing. You know what he wasn't thinking about? I wonder what kind of husband I want to be in five years. You know what he wasn't thinking about? He wasn't thinking about anything like that. You know what he was thinking about? I need to breathe. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit told me as I was preparing this message to teach or share this with our church today. The Holy Spirit told me something very simple. He said, he said, can you tell my people that there's so many of my children that are living in survival mode spiritually? There's so many of, of my children that are living in a perpetual state. Listen to me. In a perpetual state of survival mode. That they're just simply trying to get a break that they're simply just trying to get their next breath. They're, they're just simply trying to catch their breath. They're just simply trying to make it to the next day. I don't know if this is speaking to anybody. If you've ever felt like this, I have good news for you. Because God wants for you is not that you, it's not that you would live in survival mode, but that you would thrive and live under the influence and the power of the refresher, which is the Holy Spirit. Is the energy and this is what he told me to tell you in Romans chapter 15 verse 13 listen to this kind of life he says now may the may God the, the fountain of hope fill you to overflowing and uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually listen to the language listen to the magnitude and the magnanimous texture that the language Paul uses is, is uh, displayed here. He says that the power of the Holy Spirit will continuously surround your life with super abundance until you radiate. Can I tell you that God wants you to have an overflowing life, a refreshed life, a life that can contain so much joy and peace that you can't contain it on the inside but that it would overflow and spill to your family, Spill to your neighbors, not that you are in survival mode, but that you are thriving and overflowing in all that God has made available to you. If you believe that in this place, give God a praise. And I think sometimes the reason that we are in survival mode is because we are saved by the Holy Spirit of God, but we don't function with the power of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. I think sometimes we look at what God does spiritually in church, but we don't look at God in our everyday, ordinary life as something to be of use. And I don't know about you, have you ever seen um, a china closet? Have you ever seen a china closet? Like when we were kids, we were gifted a china closet. It was the most expensive piece of furniture that we owned. Like we were so poor, we couldn't afford the O and the R. We, we was poor. My mom's going to come to me after service. She's like, you know, Rolanda, we weren't that poor. All right? I tried. I ordered you pizza every day. 
and we had a china set, and I don't remember it was in the middle of the dining room, but God forbid you would touch the dishes that were created by a sculptor to eat food in it. Because if you ever stuck your hand in that contraption, mom was like, hey, hey, those are just to look at. They are not to be used. And I'm like, what do you mean? No, 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 no. Those are just to be looked at. They are not to be used so that when guests come, they could just see the fine china that we have. But we never use it. They're just to look at. Can I tell you, sometimes I think that that's how we function with the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is something that we can look at and admire and see how he displays himself in, on a Sunday service. But then we leave and never put him to use in our everyday life. And can I tell you, I want, to tell, I want to be honest with our church today, with every father that is in this place. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be fine China. The Holy Spirit wants you to function with him in your everyday life, not just in church. He wants you to use him and operate. He wants to operate in your life, in your workplace as well as in your home, in your home as well as in your finances, not just in the four walls of the church, but for you to walk out and walk with the Holy Spirit in every area of your life. I don't know, fathering, I need the Holy Spirit. I got a beautiful, gorgeous daughter right now taking pictures. I need the Holy Spirit. And this is why I think sometimes we are in survival mode because we treat the Holy Spirit as fine china just to look at on a Sunday but never to operate in on a weekly basis. And this is, I, I, I came up with maybe about four things that, that it looks like when you, are, when you are walking in survival mode. Can I tell you them? Thank you, May. Let's try it again. Can I tell you them? Come on. The first thing that happens in survival mode, here, here it is, your emotions are constantly reacting to your circumstances. When you are in survival mode, your emotions are constantly reacting to your circumstances. When you are in survival mode, your emotions are constantly reacting to your, uh, your circumstances. So you begin to develop an emotional inconsistency because you are just trying to survive. And so some days you have great days. Oh, I got a great day. And some days you have bad days. Why? Because you're in survival mode. And so your emotions are simply reacting to your circumstances. So when your circumstances are good, you're good. When your circumstances are bad, you're bad. When your circumstances are a little depressing, you're depressed. When your circumstances are jolly, then you're jolly. And so your, your stability emotionally and your, consistent, your consistency emotionally is simply depicted by the surroundings that you have in your circumstances. You're reacting, you're, you're, you're literally bouncing from reaction to reaction. You react to your kids, you react to your spouse, you react to your church leaders, you react to your work environment, you react to your financial uh, difficulties, you react. And so you're simply, your emotions are simply reacting to your circumstances. The second thing that begins to be, that happen, let me tell you right now, is that temptation becomes easier to give into. <laughs> When you are in survival mode, what do I mean? When you're in survival mode, it means that you're just simply looking at the Holy Spirit on a Sunday experience, but not an everyday experience. And so, and so when you're in survival mode, what begins to happen is that giving into temptation becomes so much easier. It's easier 
to give in to temptation when you are in survival mode because when you are in survival mode, you will always give up the most important for what is immediate. When you are in survival mode, you are consistently giving up what's most important for what's immediate. And oftentimes we can look at this from so many angles because temptation just doesn't come in the form of sinful pleasures. It comes in in the form of good opportunities. And so oftentimes we look at temptation as, as the epitome of sin that we are giving into, but that is not temptation. Oftentimes temptation simply comes in as a good opportunity. And so in order to satisfy the immediate need and the immediate gratification, you will give up what's important. And so you'll give into what's immediate, giving up what makes an eternal impact. Because you gave up something that was of God for something that seemed good. See, because when you are in survival mode, you are just simply trying to get to the next thing, the next breath, the next break, the, the catch up. You're never taking one step ahead. You are always one step behind because you are simply trying to get a breath of fresh air. And so temptation becomes easier. You want to know why a man cheats? Because they gave up what's important for what's immediate. You, know, you want to know why Esau gave up his birthright? Because he gave up what's important for what's immediate. But I thank God that we have a Savior that when he was in the wilderness and he was starving and he was hungry and the devil offered him some food, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. You have no authority. And he didn't overlook what was important simply for immediate gratification. The third thing begins to happen is that you have this, you start living with a sense of dissatisfaction. And let me, let me explain it in this way for those of us that are tuning in online. A, a form of dissatisfaction is, is like when we had, when we, um, one of the symptoms of COVID-19 was you lost a sense of taste. And, and, and I know, if you know Lisa, she loves her sweets. Eating ice cream, a Haagen-Dazs chocolate chip Haagen-Dazs. Didn't taste the same. Can I tell you, nothing was wrong with the Haagen-Dazs. It was that we lost a sense of taste. And oftentimes when you are in survival mode, this is a clear indication that when you are in survival mode, you kind of, everything does, it just doesn't taste the same. You have this consistent feeling of dissatisfaction. Like, like it's, it's a momentary pleasure, but then you're immediately dissatisfied. It's like you try new things and you're still dissatisfied. You try to fill your calendar and you're still dissatisfied. You try to have conversations with people and you're still dissatisfied. And it's because we're walking in just trying to get our next breath. When the Holy Spirit is making himself available to you. And ultimately what ends up really happening, number four, is that you stop hearing from God. Ooh. Oh, you stop hearing from God. It's not that God stops speaking to you. It's not that God leaves you. It's not that God walks away from you. It's that you have cluttered your life in such a way trying to accumulate things that will satisfy your soul. 
but then longing for more because you have a sense of dissatisfaction that you are surrounding yourself with a crowd of voices and the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you. And what happens is you even start coming to church simply to fill a religion. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Simply filling out a religious obligation and the Spirit of God is speaking on a Sunday to speak life into your soul and you're on your cell phone. Oh, I don't know who I'm speaking to. And you're distracted. You're thinking about what you got. Why? Because you have a sense of dissatisfaction and because you have grown numb to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's called survival mode. It's called survival mode. It's, it's not that God stops speaking to you. It's that you stop becoming aware of his voice. I, I, love, a, I love what Pastor George would always tell me. He goes, I've been serving God for 15 years. And every Sunday when I come to church, there's no distractions because I don't, know, I don't care who's on that pulpit. I believe God has a word to speak to my soul. It's not Pastor Roe up there. It's the spirit of God that wants to speak to me. It's not George up there. It's the spirit of God that wants to speak to me. It's not Maylene up there. It's the spirit of God that wants to speak to me. It's not Reuben. It's not Pastor Lisa. It's the spirit of God that wants to speak to me. And listen, when you are in survival mode... You could be in church and you just stop hearing the spirit of God through your pastors, through your leaders, through the men of God on the pulpit. You're just up to the next thing. What's the next thing? What we're going to do after church? What's going to happen? It's a clear indication that we are operating on survival mode when you're just attending a church service. And can I tell, can I tell, can we give it up for our dream teams, our dream team right now? As your pastor. As your pastor, I want to speak to our dream team. Never come to church just to fulfill a religious obligation. If that's what we're doing, we're doing it wrong. God bless you. See you next week. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the Ruach. The, the, I know, I know, I know Yvette, I know Yvette is somewhere online watching right now. Yvette, shout out to you. She's like, that's right. Shout out to Yvette. Come on, let's give Yvette a shout out. But the spirit of God is here. He's the Ruach. He's that, he's that energy. Energy. Oh, y'all don't want This is what happens when you rap for 10 years. But listen, the spirit of God is that energy. He's the, he's the breath of fresh air in, in a hot summer day. He's that, that cold drink in a hot summer heat. He's, a, he's, the, he's the food that you eat after a workout. That is the Holy Spirit. He fills you up in such a way that you don't just have enough for yourself. You have enough for others. You don't have to serve on a budget. You get to serve abundantly to give to others. And this is what it says in Acts chapter, there's four things that the Holy Spirit refreshes you with. He refreshes you with, number one, it says, but you will receive power. Woo! Power when the Spirit, the pneuma, the energy comes on you. He says, this is what you're going to get. He goes, I'm going to leave. The Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, it is better for me to go. In other words, it is better for the physical, visible, tangible Jesus to exit this earth. It is better for me to leave than it is for me to stay if the Holy Spirit hasn't come. He goes, but if I leave, it is better for me to leave because that's access for the Holy Spirit to come. Can you imagine that? 
that we're like, Jesus, I just want Jesus. I just want you right now. How many, how many I'd pay a million dollars to have physical, visible, tangible Jesus right here? I just want to touch you. And he goes, no, it's better that I leave and my Holy Spirit touches you. And he says, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to receive power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will receive, I wonder what it would look like. Listen to me. I wonder what it would look like that instead of reacting with your emotions to the circumstances around you, you begin to walk in authority. I wonder what it would look like the next time that something try to trigger your emotions, instead of reacting with, emotion, with emotions, you began to declare with the authority that God has given you. I wonder what it would look like if God's people didn't just worship him and praise him in church, but in their everyday life, when circumstances were, this is why Jesus said you will be able to cast out devils. This is why Jesus says you will be able to heal the sick. Why? Because he's saying no matter the circumstances that surround you, what matters most is the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. And he says when you have the Holy Spirit, you begin to walk different. You begin to talk different. Why? Because you have power. Someone shout, I got power. I don't know about you, but I believe that God still speaks through the Holy Spirit. I believe that God still heals the sick. I still believe that God is renewing minds. I still believe that God is restoring individual hearts. Can anybody give God praise? Oh, sorry, I get excited. Second thing, the Holy Spirit refreshes you with, with freedom. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit of, by the pneuma, by the energy. If you have the spirit of the of God living in you. Listen, your soul is in survival mode every time you give in to your temptations. Could I be honest with our church today that, that when you give in to temptation... I've always said this, and I don't know who this is for today, but maybe someone needed to hear this desperately, that there's no sin that you can commit that God will not forgive. Can I tell you that there's no sin that you can commit that will make God love you any less? Can I tell you that even when you are backsliding, even when you are committing sin, God is desperately wanting a relationship with you and loves you and do what it takes I was, you know that song, I will cross an ocean for you. He didn't, he didn't, I would. He said, I did. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were still in our funk, while we were still in the pit, God loved us and died for us. There is no sin too big that God's grace cannot cover with his blood. That when you sin, God does not see you differently. It doesn't change the way God sees you. But let's, let me tell you, when you give in to your temptation, it makes it much more difficult for you to see yourself the way God sees you. God, we don't serve a schizophrenic God. He is consistent in his love. He chose to love you even before you were born, knowing the things that you would do before you were born. 
But let me tell you, when we give in to our temptation and our sinful desires, you know what begins to happen? It begins to make it difficult for us to see ourselves the way God sees us. And what the Holy Spirit does is that the Holy Spirit gives you this freedom. That's why the Bible, that's why the Bible says that grace came in the, form, in the form of a person to deliver you, watch this, for you, so that you can walk away from ungodliness. So grace is not a license to sin. You know what grace is? It's the power that you need to walk away from the wickedness of this world. Woo! And so, and so watch this, watch this. The Holy Spirit does what you cannot do. It doesn't force you to obey. It gives you the desire to obey. Uh, that's what I love. Like, I'm like, I, I'm, I don't think there will ever be a day that I won't like ice cream. But, you know, you ever think about that? Like, what about the fact that oftentimes we have these unrenewed mind desires that, that are continuously pulling us away from the perfection of God's plan? This is what Jesus says. He says when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you power. But in Galatians, it says that he will give you freedom. And so he gives you the desire to walk away from the thing that keeps you bound. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, listen, you're not doing it, you're not doing it in your own strength. You're doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we're trying to fight temptation and we're trying to wrestle away from, from temptation and walk into freedom. But we're trying to do it in our own strength. That's why I love the, the I was a youth pastor for 10 years and I love like young people because they are, they're like transparent. And I remember like young, talking to young people. Like you, you ever had a conversation with young people like they're like, pastor. I'm like, yes. Like, I tried. I was trying not to fall into temptation, but I, tried. I was trying to fight it. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? He's like, no, you know, you know, we were good. We were good. I was good. I was fighting the temptation. I was all right. I was, I was everything. You know, but, you know, then I wanted to do a Bible study in her house. And... Okay, but, no, but then I was trying to, you know, I was trying to. I was good and everything was, was fine and, and, you know, and then it got cold and so we went under the blankets. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, all right? Because some of you guys are married to the guy that right there. I'm just joking. <laughs> and then we just started watching TV and, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And she asked me to give her a foot massage. There's a lot of laughter coming on that side, I'm just saying. And what happens? And I don't know. I was trying to, but I, would thought, I thought I could fight it. Oh, you were trying to fight temptation in your own strength. What you should have been doing is listening to the Holy Spirit before he, when he told you don't even go to the house. Somebody got to give God a praise in this house. I'm preaching it without my glasses. But the Holy Spirit gives you freedom. And the Bible says that in Corinthians, it says he shows that you show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. In other words, God stitches his desire in you so that you would want to do what God desires for your life. But he also gives you the power to walk in it and do it. As the worship team comes up, we're about to close. 
The Holy Spirit refreshes your soul with direction. The Holy Spirit refreshes your soul with direction. Can we put that up? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit, the pneuma that guides your life. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Have you ever wanted to know God's thoughts? Have you ever wondered what is it that God thinks of a thing? My wife makes me, makes me laugh sometimes because sometimes she stares at me and she's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, mind your business. Those are, those are my thoughts, my business. She's like, you know what, sometimes I feel like I just want to be a fly in the inner walls of your brain. And I'm like, you'd be screaming, let me out in 10 minutes, trust me. She wants to know my thoughts. I, I, I've often wondered what are the thoughts of God. But what a beautiful thing is, what a beautiful thing is that it says that the only thing, it says no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of the living God. Did you catch that? It says, there's nothing that knows the thoughts of God. No one can conceive God's thoughts. The Bible says in Isaiah, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. It says, no one can even conceive the thoughts of God except this, this, this pneuma, this ruach, this, this fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. But you know what the next verse says? It says, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God has been placed on the inside of you. You want to know the thoughts of God? Can I tell you that every child of God has access to the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit to make you make the right choices, to make you make the right decisions, and to be the guiding counselor in your life. And yes, at times we can resist him, but if we were to allow him into, if we were to allow him free reigns in our life, he will guide us to making the right decisions. Because listen, we live in a bully culture, but let's be honest, the bully in our life oftentimes is Mr. Our Own Decisions. And we have access to the thoughts of God. If you want to know who to marry, you have access to the thoughts of God. If you, know, if you want to know what's the next position you should take, you have access to the thoughts of God. If you want to know what's next for your life, you have access to the thoughts of God. And the Holy Spirit will guide you like a GPS system. He'll keep redirecting and redirecting. That every time you go left, it says, wrong turn. Let me redirect your path. Every time you go down to Front Street, he says, let me redirect your path. Every time you make a mistake, he says, hey, listen, you made a wrong turn, but that's okay. Let me redirect your path. It might take longer getting there, but you'll start 
knowing my voice. And in the midst of you driving now, you start knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit and he begins to direct your path. There's some of us that are ruining our relationship with our children, not because we're bad parents, but simply because we're not tapping into the voice of the one that has all the information of heaven that can be now downloaded into your heart so that you can speak life into your kids. Holy Spirit refreshes our soul with, with direction. Let me tell you, when you're in survival mode, when you're in survival mode, you're not thinking about what's most important. You're not thinking about what God wants to do in your life. You're simply thinking about how to survive. What's the next step? What's the next... Like, I can't catch a break. I need to catch. <sighs> the last thing that the Holy Spirit gives you is that the Holy Spirit refreshes your soul with fulfillment. And Jesus says this. He says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures say, rivers of living water will flow from within. By this, he meant the spirit. woman at a well in John chapter 4 and then he says it to a multitude in John chapter 7 he says listen the picture there is there is an emptiness in your soul there is a God-shaped hole in your life that only the Holy Spirit can fulfill and you keep trying to jam other things, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a job, whether it's a, a certain number in your bank account, whether there is a certain level of security that you want to attain. And he says, only the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit refreshes your soul with fulfillment. Why else would a woman go from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage? Five husbands. And he says, but the one that you're with won't even give you the last name. He goes, but if you knew who was before you, you would ask me to drink. For the water that I offer will ensure that you'll never come back to this well to be thirsty again. Why? He says, of this I speak of the Holy Spirit. He says, because waters rivers of living water begin to bubble up on the inside of you where you're not looking at your outside to get satisfaction and fulfillment you're looking within the holy spirit that's on the inside of you to get satisfaction and fulfillment you know john chapter 10 says this and as we close we're done it says a thief has only one purpose in mind he wants to steal kill and destroy but my purpose is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness. Another translation says, I have, to, I have come to give you life, life in the full. I have come to give you life and life in abundance. I've come to become the satisfaction of your soul. Because oftentimes we chase for satisfaction and fulfillment in other things thinking that God has no interest in our satisfaction and fulfillment but let me tell you what will satisfy your soul is what your soul was created for which is God I found this ball in my yard 
and the bowl was empty. It had no air in it. It had no... And this bowl has been in the outside of my yard for years. And you couldn't do anything with this bowl because it didn't contain on the inside what it was meant to contain on the inside. And so it went through storms and went through snow and it looks a little beat up. And, it, and honestly, when I grabbed it, it, ha- it looked like it lost its usage. But then I realized, Emily, that all it needed was meant to go inside of it for it to function. That it might look a little beat up and all it took is a it to be connected to what gives it its life on the inside which is air. Can I tell you if you are living life without the Holy Spirit you're going to go through storms you're going to go through difficulties and you're going to find yourself empty but when you are connected to the Holy Spirit As you are going through the storm, he keeps injecting you with his love and injecting you with his peace. And guess what? What thought would it look like? A ball that had no usage. All it needed was maybe about three or four pumps of air. And all of a sudden, now I can use it. And guess what? Now it's functional. And guess what? Now we can play a game. It becomes useful. Why? Because what it was created to possess on the inside, now is on the inside. Let me tell you, you weren't meant to function with the Holy Spirit just coming Sundays and viewing it. You were meant to have it dwell on the inside of you. Let him refresh your soul today. And I just... I'm done. Message is done right here. Can the Holy Spirit give you your bounce back today? We're done here. Come on, every hand lifted, every person on their feet in this place. The Holy Spirit is going to give you your bounce back today. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.